0: According to the Wall Street Journal, there is a growing phenomenon on college campuses. Video game addiction leading to college failure and other horrible consequences. And to make matters worse, it's not rare. So stay tuned to learn just how dangerous video games can be for your college-age children. Welcome to Portable Practical Pediatrics, a podcast for parents and families, a place dedicated to children and their well-being. And now, direct from Studio 1E in Charlotte, North Carolina, here's your host, Dr. Paul Smolin. Newsflash. Childhood anxiety disorders, sleep disorders among children, depression, teen suicide, and acting on violent thoughts with a gun are all on the rise. Like with all sociologic phenomena, the reasons for this are varied and complex, but many experts think that video game use and addiction is a definite contributor. And I don't use that word addiction lightly. It starts innocently enough, a gift at Christmas or birthday present of a gaming platform to play on, usually bought by the child's parents. For some, playing video games is just a relaxing activity a diversion from the stress of life, but for others, especially boys, it morphs into an all-consuming activity that frequently goes on for 8, 10, even 12 hours straight. Late night or even all-night gaming is not unusual either. That's when there's time to play. Well, it's generally recognized by psychologists, mental health workers, psychiatrists, parents, and even gamers themselves that some suffer from an addiction. Just ask them. For some, it has all the features of addiction. It's a compulsion somewhere deep in the child's brain that drives them to play. It's very difficult for a gamer to stop. Over time, the gamer needs more and more gaming time to, be, to satisfy their craving. And finally, with withdrawal from gaming, the child experiences a very unpleasant sensation. Sounds like an addiction to me. Okay, so back to the Wall Street Journal article that I referenced in the intro. The article tells the story of Jake, an insecure college student who gamed all through high school, but with the structure of his parents around him, managed to get by functioning academically and otherwise. But then came college. Jake quickly learned that no one really cared if he went to class or not, or stayed up all night gaming, or took a shower, or even ate regularly. His parents didn't find out how bad things were until they saw him and realized that he was not bathing, sleeping very much, or eating enough to maintain his weight. Here is a description of Jake's life and many other college students' experience. Quote from the article. The cycle works like this. Gamers develop a problem in high school, but they are able to get away with it. The transition to college is a different story, said Cam Adair, founder of Game Quitters, an online support community for people with video game addictions. These less parental supervision, more independence, more responsibility, a change in their social environment, more difficult classwork, and they experience an increase in stress. To deal with stress, they play video games, which causes them to get behind in class, which causes more stress, and they escape further into games to to deal with it, perpetuating the problem. This creates a cycle of academic self-destruction." End of quote. Well, for some, gaming has serious repercussions when they get to college. We already know that 50% of entering college freshmen will fail to get the degree. There are many reasons that these young adults fail to graduate from college. The high tuition costs, homesickness, too many partying nights, too much alcohol, lack of seriousness about their education, and a need for more immediate income. These are just a few of the reasons young adults fail to graduate. But as the Wall Street Journal article points out, Video game addiction is now being recognized as an important contributor to college failure. If you have a college-age student, especially a boy, who likes to game, I think you need to be aware of this trap and keep a close eye on their overall academic and life functioning while they are at school. As I tell the high school graduating children I see going off to college, quote, drop out of this school and I can guarantee you that your next life opportunity won't be as good. Give this your very best shot, end of quote. Well, playing video games 12 hours a day is not giving college your best shot. Well, Melanie Hemp is a recognized expert in video game addiction, and she runs an excellent website called Families Managing Media. There is a post on her site called Don't Send Your Gamer to College that I have linked to the show notes. In it, she has a list of 10 signs that might tip you off that your child, particularly your son, has a problem. Read over this list, and if your child has many of these features, Miss Hemp thinks your child is at risk of heading for serious trouble, especially if they're heading off to college. And, by the way, I think she uses the he pronoun because this problem is almost exclusively a problem of boys and young men. Here are Melanie Hemp's ten warning signs. One, he doesn't leave his dorm room for anything but classes or meals. Two, he is more concerned about his friends at home instead of making new friends. Three, he doesn't date or talk to girls in person. 4. He pays little attention to his hygiene or his living space. 5. He spends more money on takeout food and goes to the dining hall less. 6. He sleeps less and may take over the counter stimulant drugs to stay awake. 7. He avoids campus social groups, clubs, and study groups in exchange for more game time. 8. He lies to his parents about the amount of time he spends gaming and his low grades. Nine, he shows signs of depression. And finally, ten, gaming remains his favorite hobby. So what is the Doc Smo advice about video games and your children? Well, that's a tough one. And there is probably no answer that is right for all families. But first, let me say that having video games in your home opens up some serious potential dangers, addiction being just one of those. You need to understand that before you buy them for your children. Secondly, children were not born with the birthright to own their own video game equipment you can decide not to make this available to them in in your home. You have that right. It's your house, your money, and your decision. Decide for yourself if they are a good use of your child's time. Yes, they will probably game at the homes of their friends, even if you forbid them in your house, but that doesn't mean you need to make it easy for them to play at home. Thirdly, realize that the video games of today are more like movies than the games that you grew up with often touching on sexual demeaning and violent themes that's why they have ratings and finally if you decide to provide these games for your children you need to be quite vigilant at looking for signs that your child is becoming consumed by them take a moment and read over the above list one more time so that you make sure you know when there is trouble. With regards to the college issue, what a tragedy to have everyone's grand hopes for your child's bright college future end with a bucket of debt, failing grades, with them moving back home with no degree. So, if you think your child has a problem with video game dependency or addiction, be very, very careful about sending them off to college and seek professional help before letting them loose on their own. As this Wall Street Journal article points out, you may be setting them up for a colossal failure. Well, that's it for today's podcast. If you value the information that you get from Portable Practical Pediatrics, consider taking a moment to write a review wherever you get your podcasts and share any podcast that you like. I would also love for you to take a moment to make a comment at my website. That's www.docsmo.com. Let others benefit from your wisdom. Well, this is Dr. Paul Smolin, your PEDCAST host, hoping that no child's college failure can ever transfer blame to playing too many video games. Until next time. I would like to thank the following people for their assistance in the production of this podcast. Dr. David Jaffe the voice of the introduction, Robert Beezer, the composer-arranger of the intro music, Ann Gesner, my wonderful content editor, Benjamin Smolin and Jerome Moof, the talented musicians who produced this delightful theme music, Sarah Smolin and Nathaniel Horlick for their digital wizardry, and Wendy Smolin, Esquire, and Seth, the rocket man barrister Jaffe, for their inspirational guidance. Thanks, guys. By listening to this podcast, you agree to all of the terms and conditions found at the DocSmo.com website. This DocSmo.com podcast is informational only. Dr. Smolin does not diagnose, treat, or offer specific medical advice for your child. For specific medical advice regarding your child, consult his or her health care provider.